When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of Success to Significance. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and I want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I am so grateful for that opportunity and remind you that when we are finished, please do a five-star, give us a five-star rating and write a great review for us, and especially for my guest today, who is Angela Lee. Welcome, Angela. Hi, Jen. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Of course, here. of course. So Angela and I have a little history together. We were we were uh, just recently in Phoenix together, and um, at a week long, it was a long week, long week, um, a week long event called Top Talent Speaks, and we were learning how to be better speakers and networking with one another and spending quite a bit of time together, and um, it was wonderful. So I'm glad to have you on the show. Um, let me tell everyone a little bit about you, and then we'll get. Okay started right away. Um, So Angela grew up in San Francisco, California, and she learned from her father that men were people to fear and that anger is bad. Um, She uh, also, and she learned from her mother how to love unconditionally. And so for the first 54 years of her life, she was bullied first by her father and then by the man she married. And interestingly enough, there were a couple of fires in her life. Uh, when she was little, her, her home burnt down. And that was the first time that things changed because of fire. And the second time was because of some fires in um, California. And that really made her realize, hey, it's time to leave the marriage. So she's done that and she's found herself, which is great. And uh, she's now the author and she's an author and a self-development mentor, which we're going to talk about here. And she's got a beautiful book series, a children's book series called the Bella Santini uh, Chronicles. And I've been, I have the pleasure of having two of those books, which I looked for this morning, but then I remembered that I had already given them to my grandkids. So I don't have them. I don't, otherwise I was like, oh, I'll show those. Wait a minute. I gave them away already. Um, I gave that to them last weekend. And, um, now what she does is uh, this, this book is actually known for helping children learn how to manage their emotions. And what we're going to talk about today is, um, self-development for ourselves as adults and how to manage our emotions and how we can (laughs) apply that to our lives. So again, Angela, thank you so much for joining me. And you're joining me from New Mexico. I am where there's a fire. Oh my God. Really? Is there a fire there now? Oh yeah. It's, um, it's the biggest fire 
ever in the United States. Wow. I didn't even know. Oh my gosh. And I'm very in tune to that because, you know, being from Colorado, there's a ton of fires there. We lost four oh, yeah. fire and yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's tough, but I'm surprised this early in the season. I think yeah. why I'm really shocked about that. Wow. Yeah. You know, I think your next book might be about fire. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> It'll be finding inspiration, rising <laughs> like the oceans. <laughs> we got to figure that out. <laughs> finding inspiration, some something. So, anyway, we're just happy to have you on the show and want to just take some time to you know share your story and uh, you know hopefully this will impact others because you know this podcast is all about breaking through glass ceilings and i know you've had multitude of glass ceilings in your life so tell us a little bit about how you know your journey to where you're working now so gosh um let's start with the tubs wildfire in california which was the wake up call that sort of you know when when everything in your life is gone except your relationship and that's all that's left and you already know that the relationship has problems then you start asking yourself some really hard questions and one of the it was actually a friend who asked me um this person was part of the um latter-day saint church and they believe in marriage for eternity. Mm-hmm. And so he asked, he just like offhand asked me, so, um, you know, if, if you were to marry for eternity, would you choose your husband? Mm. And I was like, oh gosh, no, I would not want to live like this for the, re- you know, for eternity, which made me ask, why would I want to live like this for the rest of my life? <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. I am. Um, I've learned a lot since I left that marriage. When I left it, I was very much in victim mentality and I would point the finger and blame at him and say, he did this and he did that. And he did this, but nothing happens in a vacuum. <laughs> and so what I've learned um, is that when I can take responsibility for my reactiveness to what he did, then I have the power to make change. And if I just stay in victim, I'm just the victim. Mm-hmm. So, and now, you're, what... and, and now you're the victor. <laughs> <laughs> From victim to victor. And, uh, you know, and so what compelled you to, you know, and maybe were were the books written first or did you start doing self-development mentorship first? Well, I mean, what compelled you to say, you know, and we all know this in, in the the space that you and I are in and speaking and being an author and that type of thing is, you know, our mess becomes our message. So yes, what, what uh, compelled you or, or made you feel that you had the strength to be able to help others when you had gone through, you so know, much it's interesting because right after I left the marriage, um, I got involved with a group of women who were doing a compilation book and it was mm-hmm. called ignite your life for women. Mm-hmm. And they accepted me into this book because mm-hmm. of this story, you know, leaving a marriage and, 
big fire and so it, it's good story right. <laughs> and what happened is as I was writing that um my chapter was on forgiveness mm. and the power of forgiveness and what I realized that was a very healing thing for me to write this chapter but it also helped me to see how I was playing in our marriage how my reactivity was playing a role in what was going on um it further helped me to understand that forgiveness is a gift we give ourselves mm -hmm. rather than doing it for someone else right um because you know if we're carrying that energy of resentment then we're only harming ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you said that. And and I do find that too, because, you know, you, you and I both have been in several books and, you know, writing those chapters, it is always just a journaling type of emotion for me. Right. Because yeah. I'm, I'm going, Oh gosh, you know, how do I feel about this topic? Um, and it, it allows us to really, you know, open up about it and it becomes very healing. And that's why when people say, you know, I've been writing a book for five years. I go, why, why would <laughs> like get it over with, right? Like get that healing over with, because a lot of times it is healing, at least in the self-help, you know, arena. Um, and I love what you say about forgiveness. You know, there's a story of, um, Oprah, you know, that someone had done something to her really bad one time and she was walking down the street and she happened to see this, this woman getting out of a, you know, let's say it's a limo, like get out of her fancy car. And, you know, and she was going into a fancy store and Oprah was over there just saying, you know, I just want to go over and scream at her. Do you know what you did to me? And blah, blah, blah. And she said, and that was the moment that she realized that forgiveness was not about them. She had no idea. The woman had no idea. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, she may have an idea about it, but she doesn't know the impact it's having on Oprah and Oprah's living with it every day. And she yes. said that was the day that she just released it all. And, um, you know, and I think that that's something that uh, grudges holding. It's not even just resentment, right? It's grudges, yeah. it's animosity. I mean, there's all these terrible words that are tied to the lack of forgiveness. So I love that you went through that, but so you, so you went through that and, and so you found, you know, that it, I need, I need to forgive forgive my ex-husband with what, you know, what happened, forgive myself for, for my contribution, for, to, yeah. you know, to the marriage, not working. And so then what was the next step that you then said, okay, so now I've broken through my glass ceiling and I'm looking back down at the people that are down there in that same boat. I need to elevate them. So, so what was the next yeah. step you took? It's kind of, um, I started writing this fairy tale and I realized that if I had learned the things that are written in my fairy tales at the age of 10, I could have made some really different choices in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I realized, you know what I'm doing? I'm writing this so that little girls don't get into the kind of emotionally abusive marriage mm -hmm. that I was in mm -hmm. um, because you know, they'll have enough self-love and self-awareness to maneuver away from that. And um, so that was kind of like the, the bridge that, <laughs> that you right. know, brought me to 
okay, this is what I'm doing with this set of books. Yeah. So, so you decided to write some fairy tales. Um, yeah. So give me a little history on that. Cause I, I know a little bit because uh, I know when we were doing the photo shoot, you know, at the, in Phoenix at the mansion, we, <laughs> you had wanted to make sure that you uh, were having playful fun, like wearing an evening gown in the pool and, you know, having some fun with that. Where does that come from? Where, why a fairy tale, um, you know, series, why fairy tales? Hmm. That, you know, no one's ever asked me this question. Yes. <laughs> wow, you're making me think. Um, so fairies, uh-huh. fairy tales of old have been um, where fairies are tricksters. Yeah. And they'll, you know, if you run into a fairy, you'll be sorry because they're going to do something mean to you. That's not the truth about fairies. Um, you know, fairies, they're actually here. They're, they're here, but in a different dimension, so we don't see them. Mm-hmm. But what they are, love. And by using a fairy realm to talk about emotions and emotional management, and the perspectives we have when we look at someone who's hurting us, um, it allows the lessons, it's a softer way of delivering a lesson. Mm -hmm. So instead of sitting down and telling a kid, you know, this is how you should think about this. It's like, they're reading characters discuss what's happening and they're able to absorb that information without it being an in-your-face lesson. Right, right. And and I think, you know, it when it can be a little bit distant, especially as a child, right, is it be a little bit distant. It's about somebody else's life, but they get it. I mean, mm-hmm. it, they can internalize it, but they won't take it in in that same way. And I know you've got a series on this um, now, and it, I think you have a third one coming out, right? Yeah. 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 The illustrations are due on May 30th. So oh, good. So it's are, coming um, soon. Yeah. Coming, coming soon. soon. Yeah. But tell us about the first one. And, and I know you don't want to give away the whole book because you want people to get the book, but tell us a little bit about the first book and then what the second, the sequence to, you know, the sequel to that is in the, the second in okay. the series. So the main character, Bella Santini is a 14 year old girl who is slightly unhappy with her parents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's, she's, a teenager. she's trying to find her own space and, you know, as a 14 year old and they end up going on a family camping trip. She leaves her tent at night, follows a firefly into the woods and stumbles upon a fairy ceremony and um, is arrested for intruding. (laughs) (laughs) She's brought to the fairy realm and put on trial. Um, It is decided that she was invited to the fairy ceremony because humans don't realize that fireflies and other other things if we're following them are actually signs from the fairies right (laughs) so um they put her into a school 
but this is a a fairly sophisticated fairy school and you can't just enter it you have to pass certain trials in order to enter the school so book one is really about all the different trials that she faces in order to get into the school and she's very motivated to be in the school because she believes if she learns magic, she will be able to get herself back to her parents. Mm. So, so as, um, as happens in human families, when something um, changes the family dynamics, the child is like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have acted that way with my parents. Um, yeah, there's that reflection and, you know, and I've even experienced, I mean, not, I mean, uh, I was going to say even experience. I've experienced it um, myself. You know, my father was an alcoholic and my mm. mom was a verbal abuser. And so for me, um, you know, if you're, we're thinking about this mythical, you know, a fairy who has magic and stuff, you know, the child, the child, as a child, I used to sit and think, you know, if I could just, and I didn't say this, I didn't say wave a magic wand, but really if I could be perfect, my dad right. won't drink if I could be this, maybe mom won't yell right and, at me. And so yeah. it's sort of, it's sort of a magic, you know, that you're looking for. It's like, what's the combination. I know that if I could just wave this wand, if I could be perfect, then they will be perfect. And, and so I akin that to, you know, what, what you're saying here, because and then that's such reflecting. a powerful thing. Um, yeah. yeah. When, when parents are, you know, parents are human. So Right. So we make mistakes yeah. and um, some, so alcoholics, basically they're, they're drinking to avoid something. Mm -hmm. and usually the something is feelings that they don't want to face. Yeah. And so um, the same goes for drug addicts, feelings yeah. of inadequacy, feelings of failure, feelings of whatever that they're trying to avoid um it's never really about the child yeah <laughs> and the child yeah. thinks that uh -huh. if i can change this right. i will make it better yeah but it's it's always about what the parent is doing frequently with their own emotions mm -hmm. yeah. and so um it's my hope that by teaching children how to manage their emotions, yeah. that maybe they don't choose into alcoholism or drug abuse or suicide, right? Because they know how to face their feelings, even the painful ones. Yeah. And to change that next generation, you know, that's, yeah. that's really what it's about. Um, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And we'll just, we'll just leave that dangling, right. As a, <laughs> as a, as a little dangling thing for people to get the book, to find out what happens in book two and three. Um, but let's talk about what you do for adults in, in mm. this realm now. So, you know, uh, prevention, really it's fire prevention, right? yeah. <laughs> preventing a fire, you know, you're preventing something, uh, you know, through the children, the children's book and the Chronicles. Um, what are you doing for adults who have not had the luxury of reading your books mm -hmm. as a child? And now, um, 
you know, are facing these emotional issues, what are, give us an example of some of the people that you're helping, not the individuals, of course, but some of the types of people that you're helping and what, what kind of results are they getting? So um, first I want to say that in my children's books, I include a, what I call a parent's guide. It's, it's a little section that walks them through the concepts and the themes in the books so that they can use the books as a teaching moment, not only for their kids, but for themselves. Mm. And um, I realized that as much as kids can absorb the lessons that are in the book, if they're in an environment like the environment you grew up in. Yeah. It's not going to just help me. Yeah. I'm going to be all isolated. Right. And, and it's going to be hard for you to really embrace and, and implement those lessons Uh in that environment. So Uh I knew that I had to work with parents in order to create the environment where kids can thrive. And so, um, you know, naturally the kind of parents who reach out to me are, are the ones who are willing to work on themselves. Right. Um, they want, they want something different for their children, you know, they do. And, and they don't really exactly. realize that they're working on themselves. They just want something different for their children. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. you know, one lady I spoke to, she called me and said, um, my daughter, I'm, she's going up, she's 16. She's going crazy. She's doing all this stuff. And no matter what I say, it's bad. And I'm really worried that she's going to kill herself. And, you know, these are the kind of calls that I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? yeah. <laughs> how do we deal with this? But I, I sat down and talked to her. I, I said, you know, what, unless your daughter is willing to talk to me, I can only work with you. And so we need to work on you and how you're viewing what's happening Mm, uh in order for there to be change because we can't change someone else. We can only change ourselves. (laughs) And so I asked her, you know, specifics about what was going on. We talked about this and then I asked her, when was the first time you remember feeling this way um and i i don't recall exactly what feeling she was having but we we walked back into her past Mm -hmm. and we did really an nlp practice of shifting a perception Mm -hmm. over what happened in her past and it opened up her understanding that her reactivity to her daughter was based on abuse from a stepfather. Yeah. The way she used to react. Yeah. 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 I get that. You know, it's no, it's no different than, you know, when we hear a song, it takes us back. Yep. Right. Songs take us back to a time that we remember. And usually it's good stuff, right? It's like, Oh, I remember that, you know, that that makes me that summer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's these triggers of patterns of behavioral patterns that people deliver to us that are just like a song. 
And it seems like the behavior patterns are always negative. And I call it filters or perspectives that are handed to us by others. Yeah. So when you think about the things your mother or your father said to you, Mm -hmm. as a young child, you take their word as truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that becomes a truth about you. Yeah. And when I, when I describe this, it's really easy for me to use an example. (laughs) So when I'm four or five years old and my father is drunk and screaming over me and telling me I'm not worth dirt, Mm -hmm. then at four, that is the truth about me. Mm -hmm. But as an adult, when I can hold my hand out and picture these two people, the little me and my father on my hand, and I'm, I'm looking at it like a movie. Mm -hmm. I say, as an adult, what does this say about the little girl? Absolutely nothing. Right. right. She's just an innocent there taking this abuse. Yeah. What does it say about the man? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It says a whole lot about who he is. Yeah. Well, and his background. Exactly. <laughs> He's that way. Right. Yeah. I went, I was, um, I, I went through meditation once with uh, someone who we went, we went back and back and back, you know, and of course I'm just trying to visualize, you know, you know, like what was my father, like when he was a child and what was, and then where did his, that start? What was it his dad or was it his mom? And I chose his mom to think about and what was her life like? And, you know, and you're, you're, I don't know that it's all true because I, I don't know. I don't know what their childhood was like, but like going back further and further and further and their parents and, you know, where does this really stem from and really speculating um, where all this comes from, you know, to help you create those breakthroughs. Um, but it's amazing because after that, going through that session, I don't think of things the same way. And I don't know how that was possible because I have no clue about my grandparents, grandparents, <laughs> grandparents. I just made up a story as I was thinking through it, but it solved the problem. It's amazing how that happens. Because what it's doing is shifting your perspective mm-hmm. about the incident, the yeah. situation. And that is such a powerful way to, um, to just change how, how things are happening. Um, I remember my aunt said to me just a few years ago that my father was too sensitive for this world. And of course, to me, I'm like, wait, that monster I lived with (laughs) was sensitive. No, this doesn't gel. Right. Except when I started reflecting Mm-hmm. on what does that mean for a little boy to be too sensitive for the world? What does that mean for a little boy in the 1930s yeah. to be too sensitive? Right. And I knew that he didn't have a good relationship with his dad. Probably because he wasn't, he wasn't the boy's boy, you know. The, exactly. Right, and his right, dad he, called him a faggot. Right. And or a sissy or whatever. Yeah. And exactly. so that led to drinking because he was, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the same thing. That but happened. his dad had yeah. some kind of stuff going on that, that made him the that bully. kind of person. That he's a bully. Yeah. yeah. 
that a man yeah. has to stand up and be a man because his dad probably had sensitivity issues. And so his way of, you know, so his way of combating was I'm going to make my son a man. Right. And that's probably what your father was doing to you is, you know, making now making you, you know, a strong, strong person, you know, by yelling and screaming. It's funny how that all happens. Yeah. It's amazing. And it, and it's really, it is generational. Yeah. And no question. Yeah. So it's like for me, okay, this stops now. Right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, bring this generational trauma onto my children. (laughs) So have you worked with your kids? (laughs) Have you worked with your kids on, you know, once you had broken through your glass ceiling, you know, worked with your children to say, okay, we're going to break this cycle because I imagine you had seen, you know, because I know your kids are older, you had seen, um, you know, patterns starting to develop with them that, that needed to be recalibrated. It's interesting because I have two stepdaughters and a son and my son is very open and, and talks to me. The stepdaughters are a little bit hurt still Mm -hmm. over me leaving their dad. And so our communication has been lessened, but Mm -hmm. I do get to go have dinner with them all in a month. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real breakthrough. That'll for me. be nice. Yeah. That'll <laughs> yeah. be nice. That'll be good. Um, but with my son, absolutely. You know, we talk about the perspectives that he was handed by me, by his father and how does that serve him now or not? And, you know, if it doesn't, then here, let's shift that energy. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love it. Angela, how do people get a hold of you? What is the best way for people to get a hold of you? So my website, which is Angela Lee, L-E-G-H dot com. Um, there's resources for parents. There's free downloads on the resources page and um, links to my books. And um, if anyone's interested in mentoring, they can book an appointment on, on the mentoring page. Awesome. Beautiful. I love it. What would you like to leave us with? Mm, My favorite question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would like to leave with saying, give yourself grace Mm. because none of us were taught this stuff in school or by our parents, you know, we treated our emotions the way we were taught to treat our emotions. And it's a journey. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as you start shifting your perspectives and, and learning how to truly deal with your emotions, give yourself grace. If you fall into the hole of despair or, (laughs) or sadness or anger for a moment, because it's a journey. And, you know, it's, it's, we're all trying to do the best we can. Beautiful. 
Yeah. And that's hard to do. I know, I know what you're saying, but it's hard to do. And I was just telling my daughter that the other day, I was like, give yourself some grace, give yourself some grace. But I know it's, it's something that's challenging. Well, I thank you again so much for being on the show with me today, Angela. It was good to see you again. And, um, you know, again, her book is her book series is called the Bella Santini Chronicles. And we'll have some links for that because I know we've got some links for that as well. Um, and again, you can go to Angela Lee, L-E-G-H, not L-E-I-G-H, L-E-G-H, and uh, get the information that she is sharing with you, the free downloads, the free resources, and schedule a call with her and find out you know, if there's a pattern that you've been conditioned in that needs to be uh, changed and recalibrated, reset, so that you can make an impact on the next generation for yourself as well. So again, thank you so much, Angela. I appreciate you being here on, on the show. And uh, for all of you listening, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any of the episodes. And watch us on YouTube. Go sus- um, subscribe over there as well. Watch us on YouTube so you can see what we look like while you're listening to us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's always good to, good to put a face, you know, with a, with a voice. Um, and don't forget to write us a great five-star rating and um, give us a great five-star rating and write us a great review. And we'll catch you next time on success to success to significance. You've been listening to success to significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com slash S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.